Welcome to Epiphany Fellowship's podcast, where our goal is to see people everywhere show off the glory of Christ in every area of life. We pray that you are blessed and encouraged by today's message and will allow the Word of God to dwell in you richly. We are thankful that death could not hold our Lord. In uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, um, the Corinthians were wrestling with whether or not the dead would be raised. And (laughs) Paul had to correct them because he had to show them how abhorrent that doctrine was. And to let them know that if you, the dead won't be raised, then Christ wasn't raised because Christ's resurrection set a chain reaction anti to the what Adam had done by causing death to be spread to all men. Jesus Christ's death on the cross and his resurrection from the grave set a chain reaction in the spiritual and natural matrix of all of creation on a cosmic cosmic pandemic proportions because what he did was he was able to reverse the polarity of Adam's death in such a way that those who trusted in him by faith would have the polarity of their souls change and because of that you would be magnetized to a new body that is being created for us in heaven and so we're excited and thank you that death could not hold our God in the tomb. So we thank you again for being with us. We are excited and, 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 and exuberant about the opportunity to stream. Uh, we were going to actually stream next month, start fully streaming next month. Our team has been testing it for quite some time. Um, but uh, this forced our hand to, um, you know, say, listen, whatever kinks are left, we're just going to run on in here and get to work. And so, again, I want to uh, offer my greatest gratitude to all of the team that's been working tirelessly on making sure that um, things are straight for us to be able to stream today. Well, um, let's turn in our Bibles. Turn in our Bibles to Psalm 23. Psalm, the 23rd chapter. And um, they're so high-tech savvy now. They, they got it up on the screen. I like all of that kind of carrying on. Amen. Amen. Well, let's turn to Psalm 23. You know, we, we're in a series in um, Timothy but that would, it would, I'd have been looking crazy up here teaching on uh, the role of women in church on a Sunday like this. So I'd have been looking crazy. But it's a powerful message anyway, because the text is powerful. Anyway, we'll see that next time we gather. Lord say the same. Psalm 23, Psalm 23. Um, it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the paths, uh, uh, right, the right paths for his name's sake. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Um, uh, we, we will um, call this text and tag this 
the provision of the great shepherd. The provision of the great shepherd. Let's go before God in prayer. Lord, you are a provider. You are a provider. And Lord God, we want to acknowledge that there is nothing that can get in the way of your commitment to shepherding us. And so, Lord God, we pray that we would respond properly as the sheep who are supposed to be in your pasture. And so, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh, God, our strength and our redeemer in whom we trust in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Um, As I said earlier, I ended up transitioning and preaching on something else because I, I believe that we need some heavenly guidance in a season where we're getting a lot of instructions. We're getting instructions from the president. We're getting um, instructions from medical personnel. We're getting instructions from the CDC. We're getting instructions from local and state government. And that's all good, but in times of difficulty, family of God, we not only, we appreciate those instructions that would be helpful for whole humanity, but um, God forbid we get everybody else's instructions and don't get God's instructions. We, we need instructions from the living God to be able to give us a, 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 a really, a, right, right now we're pretty much getting a micro view of things. We, we're getting a ground view. Don't be uh, more than three to six feet away from each other. Use sanitizing. You got people running out and grabbing uh, toilet paper like it's going out of style, you know. Uh, uh, um, and people running and getting food and, 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 and really taking a, a particular time to make sure that if there is a massive lockdown that they have what they need. But I wonder, will we take that type of care by running to the Lord? What if we ran to the Lord and snatched some stuff off of the shelves of the Bible? Well, what if, what if we bombarded the book and bombarded the throne of grace and, and start grabbing stuff and grabbing resources? What's beautiful about this is no matter how many people, somebody ought to hear me, no matter how many people get in here, you can grab so much stuff and the shelf of God is never empty. God's shelf is never empty, so you, don't, you can get up whatever time you want, and you can go in there, and ain't no line, because the Bible says that we can go before the throne of grace in the time of need, so God can simultaneously be the checkout counter for you while other people are standing before his throne. So you don't have to wait on nobody, you don't have to worry about nobody, because mm, I feel it in my spirit that God is able in your life, listen, to make sure that you feel individual attention without having to get in line for it, without having to buy a ticket for it. Matter of fact, it won't even be overcharged for it because it's already paid for through Jesus Christ. And so when we look at our God who is a shepherd, we need need direction. We need need clarity, but we also got to recognize that he made himself available to us. And so as we look at this, I looked up two words. I did a little little study. I know um, Pastor Nyron will like this. I did a little little study. I, 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 I kept hearing people use pandemic. Now, you know, I'm like, you know, I, I think I know what pandemic means. I think I know what epidemic means. But listen, listen to what, what my, my little definition, right? Epidemic means affecting a disease mainly, affecting many persons, at the same time, spreading from person to person in a local or in a locality where the disease is not permanently 
preventable. Okay? So it's talking about local spreading of disease. Now, pandemic, <clears throat> I, I learned something. I, I thought I knew what a pandemic was. A pa- an epidemic is local. A pandemic is global. Listen to what it says. An outbreak of disease that occurs <coughs> over a wide geographical area and affects an exceptionally high proportion of the population. A pandemic outbreak of disease. So when you look at pandemic, it has global effects. Now, if you look at the numbers, I don't have the numbers in front of me of how many people have been affected by this disease. In the, in the scale of 4 billion people across the planet, however many we are now, um, it's a small number. But what makes it a pandemic is because how spread it is. And so in light of that reality, um, we, we, we see that we're in a situation where pestilence is moving. The Bible, call, the Bible calls this type of stuff pestilence. You know, even the newer translations, you know, King James used to have pestilence, you know. That's why I was reading Psalm 23 and quoting the King James version of it because I had it memorized. But pestilence is something that people in those days were used to. They experienced tons of pestilence. And so one of the things that I love about the glory of this psalm is it's showing how big God is no matter what. And so as we look at this psalm and we look at David, who's the writer of this psalm, and he, he you know, he, he, he's, the, he's, one, he's, he, he's, he's a shepherd, he's a shepherd king, so he understands what it means to be a shepherd, but he also understands what it means to be king. Um, but he's going to talk about this from a divine, he's using very practical illustrations of different types of leaders in that he is and that he's connected to in the sense of understanding it to kind of give us a practical picture of God. Because sometimes God, how many of you ever feel like God's just big? I mean, uh, just big. So, so these terms, they don't, they don't make him smaller. They just help anthropomorphically or in human language streamline our ability to touch his bigness. And so if we're going to uh, experience the provision of our great shepherd, number one, you got to know that the Lord first provides relationship. Now, if you're in your living room, you should be shouting and bucking right now <laughs> because the God of heaven provides relationship. How do I know that? Look at what the text says. This is the Lord is my shepherd. Stop right there. That's enough to preach for the rest of your life on. Uh, Because one of the things that I like about David is he talks about God's isness. But not only does he talk about the isness of God, he talks about God being his shepherd. He makes it personal. He makes it relational. In other words, when he said, God, the Lord is my shepherd, that means, believer, there is no season in your life where God is not shepherding you. Listen, there's nothing in your life that you go through that, can, that stops God from being your God. Now, because we some fools, help me God, we the ones that buck shepherding because many of us are unshepherdable. Because God is trying to guide you, but you got your own idea of what life should be like. And, and, and for me, I recognize that, 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 that now, now I know you, don't, you may not like what I'm about to say, but the, anybody that's in the pasture of God is dumb. Why do I say that? Because sheep don't know nothing. We'll see that in a second. Sheep are known to be not the smartest or sharpest knives in the drawer. 
So a shepherd, now I know some of y'all got degrees and you mad at me, you got your hands on your hips and you think I'm not speaking life into you. The only way I can speak life into you if it's God's life is leading you. But if you leading you, you can't, I, I can talk you up all I want, but if I talk God up enough in your own life and in your own situation, then you'll grab a hold to the shepherd and you'll recognize that you're nothing without him. And so when you look at the isness of God, one of the things I, I, I like his isness because it, it points, Yahweh points to the fact that he's the self-existent one. Oh, the grandmama used to say he's God all by himself and he don't need nobody else. She didn't understand uh, uh, the ontological argument of God. He, she didn't understand the teleological argument. She didn't understand the etymological argument. But one, one thing she knew is he was too high to get over, too low to get under. And he ain't stuck in the middle though. Amen. Self-existent one. The Bible says he's, he's El Elyon, Yahweh Elyon, the Lord most high. This is self-existent. Yahweh Yireh, the Lord will provide. Uh, Yahweh um, Mekedishkim, uh, means the Lord our sanctifier. Yahweh Nisi, the Lord our banner. Yahweh Rapha, the Lord our healer. Yahweh Saboth, uh, the Lord our peace. Yahweh Shemach, the Lord is present. Mm -mm -mm. Somebody needed to hear that right there. Yahweh Siknu, the Lord our righteousness. Uh, Yahweh Roy, the Lord, here it is, is my shepherd. And so when you look at who God is and you recognize the beauty of the isness of God in your life, one of the things that I love about God is David also makes this personal. And one of the things in being shepherded <coughs> that you must understand about being shepherded, when he said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. One of the things that the shepherd does with sheep and the idea of the term here, shepherd, means to, to drive out to pasture. Now, I know us urbanites don't know what pasture is. A pasture is a wide open land that's surrounded by mountains. In other, in other, in other words, it's, it's not just being pinned in, but, 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 but what has to happen sometimes with the, with, the, with, the, um, with the shepherd is the shepherd has to take sheep places when they get comfortable with where they are. In other words, the idea of being a shepherd means uh, you're leading and guiding sheep to different locations. And putting sheep out the pasture is one of the things that a shepherd does. And what the shepherd does is when the sheep get comfortable where they are in an enclosure, they don't want to come out. So the shepherd has to remove the food from the enclosure that they are in and carry to a new old location. They keep their eyes on the shepherd and what the shepherd has for them. Going out to pasture is a large open space for opportunities for more grazing. Some of the reasons why God may have dried up some stuff in your life recently is because he wants to take you to a better pasture where there's more grazing. But, 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 but if you continue to be complacent and comfortable where you are, you won't even be able to go to the next place. So what I'm trying to help you with today, if I can speak into your soul today, is follow the shepherd. He specializes in providing for you and developing you and nurturing you, and he has massive love for you. Well, I tell Epiphany Fellowship all the time that a definition of a shepherd is this, and then they hear this all the time, and to lead, feed, care, know, and protect. Like when you look at those identities of a shepherd, those are the things 
that God wants to do in your life. He wants to lead you. He wants to feed you. He wants to know you, and he wants to protect you. One of the things that we don't recognize a lot of times, though, is the problem with many of us is we take ourselves to places that aren't able to shepherd and fix us like we're supposed to. In other words, in our life, we forget every now and then that the Lord is our shepherd. And when you forget that the Lord is your shepherd, you begin to go to substandard things. Let me see if I can make it plain. I remember, um, you know, my wife had this teal Honda Accord for her graduation in 89. Her dad brought her a Honda Accord. You, you gotta understand, back then a Honda Accord was, was fly, like you had, like if you around my way, where I live, you had a Pathfinder, you had a Z28, what? A Forerunner? Those were like luxury cars back then. You chrome out the side, put your name on it, have dice in the mirror, you know, fly type stuff. My wife had uh, uh, this Honda Accord. Now this Honda Accord is still driving. My, my father-in-law got it somewhere. <coughs> but, but this thing, like, it's still been driving. But when we moved to Houston, <laughs> you know, one of the things when you move to, to, to a city, it's three things that's hard to find. Three things. A barber. I know everybody's saying amen on that. Somebody do your hair, so we'll, we'll even it out for the sisters. A doctor and a mechanic. Those are like the three hardest things to find. Because you don't want to just take your stuff any old other place. I don't know if you ever had your hair tore up. You understand what I'm saying? I don't know if you ever went to the doctor. Bedside manner was horrible. I don't know, but, but, but I'm going to tell you this. So we, we had a guy, we, 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 we was on thin bread, and... He's like, hey, man, um, you know any dudes? He said, oh, my brother do it. So, you know, do cars. So I drive it because it needed, the oil pan was leaking. So I, I go and I took the car to, like, his crib. So, you know, I'm young. I'm in my early, mid I'm in my mid-20s. So I'm you know, like, you know, I guess it's a hookup. I guess this is cool. Man, the dude said, oh, leave it here. He's spitting snuff or something, you know. Like, and I leave my car with him. I left my car with that dude came back, got my car, everything was well for a while, but then all of a sudden it kept leaking oil. And so my father-in-law was like, listen, boy, don't be taking your car to just any old place to get it fixed. He said, take it to the dealer. And when I took it to the dealer, <clears throat> the dealer put it up on the rack. And when the dealer put it up on the rack, he said, what in the world is going on here? I said, what's wrong? He said, literally, the oil pan isn't changed. Somebody sprayed chrome to seal it. He said, who did you take this to? And I said, well, I took it to my friend's brother. He says, no. He said, we are the manufacturer. We specialize in working on this car because we know the ins and outs of this car. Let me, let me say you something, son. Be careful of where you take your car because if you take it to the wrong place, it'll shorten its lifespan. But if you bring it to the manufacturer, it'll live a long time. I'm trying to let somebody know, stop taking yourself and your life to false shepherds that can't help you. I wish somebody under the sound of my voice would say, only God is my great shepherd. Only God is my great provision. Only God is the one, help me God, that I should be taking my life to. And so, uh, oh, we can stay on him being a shepherd, I told y'all, for a while, but we got to move. <clears throat> Not only is he a great provider, number two, the Lord provides replenishment and rest. The Lord 
provides replenishment and rest. Look at what the text says. It says, he lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. That word lets is causative, meaning that God causes you, causes you to lay down. That, that, that means that God doesn't force you to lay down. He puts you in a position where you have to lay down. Oh, and, oh God help me today. In other words, many of us, if it was up to us, would run ourselves to death. Many of us, I remember when the elders got on me one time, he's like, Pastor, you just run, 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 and then crash, and then take a break. He said, schedule some breaks, you know, like natural breaks, but God knows we stupid. I told you, me too. And so God loves us enough to put us in a position to make us rest. What if, I'm not saying God caused this virus, but what if this shutdown and pause right now, God is using it in a practical way to get us as a culture to slow down and sit down. Many of us, up to us, we on a plane. We like the grind culture. We like the grind of popcorn. But what if God is saying, what if God is saying, listen, y'all, y'all, y'all not going to listen to nothing. You're not going to naturally do some stuff. So I'm going to use this as an opportunity to replenish you because if I keep letting you go on the way you're going on, you're going to crash and burn. And so I love you enough to stop. I'll, I'll allow a global crisis to be the mechanism to just shut one person down. God loves you enough to stop the world for you to be replenished by him. That, that's, that's what I love about God. God, God, is, God, God, is, God cares about you and I so much. And guess what we need to do? When God slows you down, you got to take advantage of it. Yeah. Help me, God. You got to take advantage. It's not time to grind up even. Oh, I got more time to work on. Like, help me. Like, take some time. Read some stuff you haven't read in a while. Get in the Bible a little bit more. Wow. Pray. Engage some stuff in your soul that needs to be engaged. Take advantage of it. Let, let me see if I can make a plan because y'all looking at me funny. The people that are, the few people that are here. I bet you y'all looking at me funny too. Um, you know, I, I, I haven't taken my kids in a while, but we, we'll go to the buffet. And we'll go, we're not going now. Hallelujah. Fooled them with no buffet. So the dude with the soup spoon drink, I was like, this is, he needs to go to jail for 30 days for that. Amen. Um, I'm serious about that too. I, I signed that legislation. Um, but um, a buffet, we get to the buffet, and you know, my kids, you know, you know how ki- people are, with kids in particular, you're like, listen, we're not eating nothing else today. So why are you here? You better go to work. Maximize the season of the buffet that we're sitting in right now so that you can get all you need right now because when we get home, I don't want to hear, Daddy, I'm hungry. And, 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 and many of us are like that sometimes. As many of us don't take advantage of when God puts the buffet of his presence before us so that we can begin to gorge on his life and enjoy what it means to be in him in such beautiful ways. Look at what the text says. Though the text goes further, 
And it's not only say he makes you lie down, it tells you where. It says in green pastures. It can be translated, one, one last time says, good fields to graze in. Mm, mm, mm. I like that. But, 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 look, but, but look at what it says. And he leads me beside quiet waters or waters, listen, of quietness. If God didn't slow our lives down, it's some stuff that we'll never see until our lives slow down. You don't know how, how there's some things that you're not enjoying because you're running too fast. There's some things that you're not experiencing because you're always in crisis mode of movement. Uh, uh, let me see if I can make a plan. Uh, um, in, in, in driving places, particularly the neighborhood here, you know, sometimes you're coming in and out, coming in and out and moving. And so I got a bike, and so I, I'll go biking every now and then uh, around here. I go, I, I've been back biking lately. And as I'm biking, I was like, man, I didn't know this was here. Man, I didn't know this was there. Man, I, and I'm looking around like, man, how in the world have I been driving past all of this and I'm able to see it. Why? Because I took a different vehicle. And in taking that different vehicle, the vehicle caused me to pause and see and enjoy and even see problems that I would have never seen to be worked on. There's some stuff in your life, in my life, that God has to lead you in quietness sometimes. So that you can begin to see, man, I didn't realize how order, out of order my life is. Some of y'all know your life out of order. Amen. And you may need a pause time for the glory of God. But then there's some things that God wants you to enjoy. God doesn't want you to rush through life not experiencing life. Life more abundantly is not just money. Life more abundantly is being able to enjoy life and seeing it through gospel eyes. That's, that's the beauty of being a believer. You get to see the world differently because your God is the one who made it. And you're not just looking at creation in and of itself. You're looking at creation as a product of a creator. And when you can put those two together, life just gets way more beautiful. It said, he renews my life. He leads me along paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He, he restores. He puts you back in a functional position. I, I love that because that verse lets us know that when God slows us down, we get more functional. Many of us are dysfunctional. And so in order to get refunctioned, you have to slow down your life. And as you begin to slow down your life, your pace changes. Um, I, I went and took my bike to the bike shop the other day to get a kickstand put on it. Because, you know, these bikes now, they don't put kickstands on them no more. Don't come with it. So I had to go buy a kickstand. And when I went in the bike shop, a guy came in with this, like, he had a bike. Like, I got a bike. He had a bike. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was this one of them joints you could pick up with your finger, just carbon and spin it around like this. You know, this is a nice bike. I mean, it was not, I think it was a Biaki. Really, really, one of them joints where the dudes be down like this and they just be going like this and going around, like them joints. That, those, those, nice bike. While I was in there, he was having issues with the pedaling system. And listen, I almost jumped out of my thing. And this dude said, man, he says, you, you, he said, you have to learn. Now, this is, you know, plus size, older man. He said, he said, the problem with you is you are pedaling, you're not cycling. I'm like, what? <clears throat> I'm like, I, you know, I'm a preacher, so I'm like, I, I, may, I may hear some oil here. <laughs> Missing some oil in all this. And man, he said, 
He said, if when he said, I just went on a five, uh, he said, I would just drove, I just rode my bike from Jersey to, to Pittsburgh. I said, this dude lying like a mug. He said, how long, the guy said, how long did it take? He said, it took him five days. And he said, in Western Pennsylvania is real hilly. He said, so there were some doozies. He said, but the problem with people with biking, he said, watch a biking video, watch the Tour de France. He said, the roller, he said, if you're going like this, he said, you're not riding right. He said, it's supposed to go like this. And he said, the real, he said, if you feel any burn in your legs, you're not riding right. He said, and the gear isn't right. He said, so as you're on different hills and different things, he said, it's not, all, it's, not, it's not about powering through everything. He said, it's about just cycling through everything. And I, and I said, I wonder how I can do that. And I got on my bike. <coughs> Listen to me. And I started doing that thing. And I went up a hill. And you know, usually y- y- your boy get on a hill. And he like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm walking, up the, walking up the hill. You know what I'm saying? This time, this time I put it in a lower gear and was pedaling. I was like, oh, look at I said, oh my goodness. I got up the hill and wasn't going like this. You know, like I just ran the 40. And, and I realized that I had been powering in my pedaling. I hadn't been cycling. Your life, he said, if you consistently just develop a rhythm in how you're cycling, you will, you, you, he said, this, oh, this is the doozy. He said, bicycling, I almost ran out of that bike shop. He said, it's not a muscle sport, it's a heart sport. I said, bicycle dude, you better preach. (laughs) Oh my God, that thing took me out. Why? Because walking with God isn't a muscle sport, not by power, not by might, not by strength, but by my spirit, (laughs) says the Lord. By my spirit, says the Lord, the, the, the Lord wants to restore your soul. <clears throat> he doesn't want to restore your muscles. He doesn't want to restore your ability to be stronger in your own strength. When you ride through life cycling with God based on his strength, guess what happens? Your heart gets better. Next point. The Lord provides reassurance. Oh, my God. Even though I go through the darkest valley. Listen to this. I fear no danger, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The Lord provides reassurance. Many times the shepherd would take the sheep through dangerous places and Sheep, if you know anything about sheep, sheep have very good senses. They have very good peripheral vision. They can't see ahead of them. They can't really see behind them. They they have very good peripheral vision because their eyes are right here. That's number one. They have a a, a significant uh, 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 sense of smell. Uh, 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 So so their senses are on steroids. Their 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 vision, uh, their color perception and depth is really, really good. Their hearing is good and their smelling is good. The problem with that is when you are a scary sheep, that that over-sensory nature of things can overwhelm your senses. And so if a wolf is coming around, the sheep, they can see it, they can smell it, and they can hear it. 
and, and, and they'll start rustling. But, but what? A, but, but, and so they'll start, they'll get restless because their senses are being overloaded by danger because they, they, they're being overloaded by what's going on around them, but they don't have the ability to do anything about it. But guess what the, guess what the shepherd does? The shepherd, the shepherd will, when he sees a sheep, they're struggling with what's after them. He just taps them a little bit with his rod and his staff. Oh, y'all ain't gonna let me preach in here. And what, what he'll do is he'll touch you and he'll nudge you to let you know everything is okay. You ever had your senses overwhelmed by how broken your finances is? You ever had your senses overloaded by sleepless nights? You, you, you ever had your senses loaded, but you didn't know how you were going to make it and you were just worrying and your heart rate is up and your, your blood pressure is up and you're driving yourself crazy and all of a sudden in the midst of all of that, you got a nudge from the Lord. Yeah. You got a nudge from the Lord that tells you everything is going to be all right. Many of us need to stop trusting our senses and start trusting the one who oversees us. God wants to come into your life and what he wants to do, and that's why Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. Jesus calls himself the good shepherd. And when he said he's the good shepherd, he's basically saying he's God. He's saying, I'm the one David's talking about. That's what Jesus said in John 10. I am the great shepherd, the good shepherd that shepherds the sheep. My sheep hear my voice. They know it and they follow it. And so that's the beauty of God providing reassurance is Jesus Christ, through the gospel, is the main mechanism to constantly cause us to have a sense of reassurance in every area of our life. Next point. Next point. The Lord provides recompense. Recompense. (laughs) This one's going to be short, but it's beautiful. He said, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. So now the illustration here has turned from a shepherding illustration to a kingly illustration. Now, it, 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 he, in the middle of the psalm, he goes from shepherd to king, right? And, and first he talks about God being a shepherd, but he also talks about him being a king. And this is what he basically is saying. David has haters, He has people that have done him clean dirty. You got anybody in your life that ever did you dirty? That you loved on them and you helped them? They even did you dirty. And and guess what? And you didn't retaliate, but you feel the pain of how they treated you. David said, this is what the Lord will do for you. He loves you enough to guess what he'll do. He'll set up a banquet table for you Now listen to what the text says. See, most people read this and say, say it like your enemy is sitting at the table with you. That's not what the text is saying. The text says you prepare a table before me in my enemy's presence. In other words, you do stuff without my help to remind me that you were with me. And, and then you're letting them know that they were wrong about what they did to me. Why is that important? Because many of us like to fight our own battles. Help me today, 
in the Holy Spirit. But if you allow God to fight your battle for you, he can exalt you and he can show where you are in pertaining to things without you cussing anybody out, without you making some ghost Facebook post. Some people out there, and try, you know how we do. You know, some of y'all, you know, it's people in your life like this. And see, God, when you start doing all of that, God takes the table back and leaves it where it is. But when you shut yourself up and you say, I'm going to wait and see the salvation of the Lord. And you let him fight your battle for you. Because if he fights your battle, like Jehoshaphat, he says, he says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Some of you need to sit yourself down and you need to pray and you need to keep quiet and let vengeance be his because God. God is a better vindicator than you. Psalm 37 says it like this. Psalm 37 says it like this. He says, I will shine forth your righteousness as the noonday. In other words, if somebody did a shady business deal against you and it's nothing you could do about it, or someone fired you for no reason, God has a way of saying, I- I- I'm doing this not because you're better than them, but I'm doing this because I want you to know I love you enough to show you that in this situation, you were right and they were wrong. And we're supposed to enter into those things with humility whenever God does it. And God does it in a way where the person has to see that they did you wrong. David dealt with so many of that and so much of the bullying in his life that God wanted to show over and over and over that he was with him. Last point and I'm done. Last point, the Lord promptly runs after us. I'm done. The Lord (laughs) promptly runs after us. He says, surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all, somebody say all, all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What is he saying here? He says when God is shepherding you, goodness means transcendent enjoyment. (laughs) In other words, when God is your shepherd, you experience enjoyment no matter what kind of situation you find yourself in. Now, now, let me explain something to you. Now, you may not understand that really, but, but, but I'm, I'm trying to let you know that the, the power of the ability for you to go through something and it not feel, you don't feel the emotional stress and effects of it like you normally would because God is giving you the grace for it not to cataclysmically take you apart. In other words, God can provide you with emotional stability with what you're going through. And not only that, he says, mercy which means loyal love. In other words, God showing his loyalty. It means those twins following you. No matter where you go, they're stalking you. And, and no, no matter whatever happens, the God of heaven is making sure that you're taken care of. Loyal love. And he says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. That's the beauty of being a sheep of God. And I like the way the psalm breaks down and I'm done. The psalm says the Lord is my shepherd, it says he makes me lay down, he leads me, he restores my, yea, though I, I will fear no evil. You are with 
me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. Your, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies, and goodness and mercy shall follow me. Why is that powerful? It's because it shows the relationship between the shepherd and the sheep. He, me, my. That's how the Lord loves you. The Lord is committed to flagrantly showing you that he wants to guide you through life and wants to show you real life. And guess how that's ultimately done? That's ultimately done through Jesus Christ. The Bible talks about in Ezekiel 34 that there were horrible shepherds in Israel. And God says, I will raise up a shepherd with my heart, like me, who will shepherd my sheep, will bind up the brokenhearted. Now that shepherd has been raised up through the death and resurrection that he experienced in order to become our eternal shepherd. Jesus Christ gave his life to become your shepherd. Let me say that again. Jesus Christ gave his life to become your shepherd. Maybe you're watching this broadcast today and you've never placed your trust in Jesus Christ. We implore you to place your confidence in him by trusting that he died on the cross and was raised from the grave. And as he died on the cross and was raised from the grave, you place your confidence that that was done for you. God's wrath being removed from you. And even if you are organized in life and you can guide yourself, God provides divine guidance. You provide yourself with small guidance. He guides the big, he guides you in every single thing. And maybe your person is all over the place. He gives you stability and guidance and direction. That's you today. I want to pray for you right now that you will put your confidence in Jesus Christ. And as the feed is going up, I want you to say, I trusted Jesus in the feed. And put your email in there and we want to contact you and we want to connect with you. Father, I pray for that person that just said yes to Jesus Christ, that they place their confidence in Jesus Christ by grace alone, through faith alone, through Christ alone. And God, I pray that they would trust in what you've done by dying on the cross, getting up from the grave, and experiencing brand new life. God, we trust you. God, we bless you. God, we believe you. Thank for everybody that tuned in. God, may your divine light shine in the darkness and people's experience and help them to know that you're the shepherd that provides for the sheep. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for watching our first stream. It's a big success. We are thankful to the Lord for all of your work. I would like to thank our media team. I want to thank Pastor Nyra, Pastor Kurt. Uh, uh, I want to thank uh, Rob. I want to thank Ladisha, Kev, um, Aaron, Tiff, everybody, everybody. Our hospitality team, Sister Erica, who uh, know they're not here today, but I just want to thank y'all anyway. Uh, I want to thank our presentation team. I want to thank Rashida, everybody, all y'all. I want to thank all y'all in here. I want to thank Marcus, all y'all, everybody, everybody. We're thankful. We love you. Tune in next week. It'll be, I don't know if it'll be three streams or one stream or which one we streaming. We'll figure it out. We're new at this. We love you. Take care. If you didn't get to give, go to pivotyfellowship.org forward slash give. Epiphanyfellowship.org forward slash give. God bless you. May the Lord keep you and make his face shine upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Hello, this is Dr. Eric Mason, founder and pastor of Epiphany Fellowship. Thank you for tuning in today. Hopefully the word of God was a blessing to you. Also, if you want to help us build the kingdom from Philly and beyond, 
particularly in inner cities, partner with us today. And if you don't know Jesus as Savior, based on his death, burial, and resurrection, place your confidence in him and go from spiritual death to spiritual life. Tune in next time so we can see you go from spiritual infancy to spiritual maturity. God bless you. Take care. We love you. We love you.